All my life, been grinding all my life Sacrifice, hustle paid the price Want a slice, got the roll of dice That's why, all my life, I've been grinding all my life It's time to grind! Hello everyone and welcome to the Grounded Podcast. I'm your host Randall Tucker. That was Nipsey Hussle bringing us in with his song Grinding All My Life. Let's hit that rail we call life and let's grind it. Alright, just a quick recap of what we did in the last podcast. We we started breaking down John chapter 1 and we looked at Jesus being 100% human and we talked about some characteristics that make up a human and and we related those to Jesus. We looked at some verses uh, that, that showed that he got hungry, he got thirsty, he slept, he, he had a heartbeat, he died, and so on and so forth. And we also broke down uh, the idea that Jesus is not only 100% human, but he's also 100% God. And uh, we uh, went back to uh, Genesis chapter 1, and we showed that Jesus was there just as John claimed in the creation, when God said, let us make man in our image. And we also saw in Genesis 1-2 where the Holy Spirit was there. So you had, we have God the Father, we have God the Holy Spirit, and we have Jesus in verse 26 of Genesis 1. All three are present at creation, just like John said. And then we looked uh, at the book of Colossians where Paul backed up John's claim. Because he also says that Jesus was there in the beginning and nothing was created without Jesus, that he was there. And so we broke all that down, and we're going to wrap up John chapter 1 today, uh, looking at verses 15 through 18. John writes in chapter 1, he says, John testified about him when he shouted to the crowds, This is the one I was talking about when I said, Someone is coming after me who is far greater than I am. For he existed long before me. Keep that in mind. From his abundance we all have received one gracious blessing after another. For the law was given through Moses, but God's unfailing love and faithfulness came through Jesus Christ. And I remember talking in the last podcast about this unfailing love of Jesus. He is the ultimate example of what it is to truly love. That agape love, when he died on the cross, even while we were enemies, Paul says in the book of Romans, Christ died for us. And so uh, John says, The law was given through Moses, but God's unfailing love and faithfulness came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, but the unique one who is himself God is near to the Father's heart. He has revealed God to us. And so John says, this is the one I was trying to tell y'all about. And even in his writings today, he is trying to tell us about Jesus. And he just puts Jesus out there. And he says, you take Jesus and you take what I'm saying and you do what you want to with it. But I'm telling you, we saw the dude. We hung out with the dude. We could touch the dude. We had meals with this dude. We, we saw him die and we saw him resurrected. And we saw him ascend back to heaven. So what I'm telling you is the truth. So what you better do is, is listen to what I'm telling you and give your life to Jesus and have a relationship with Jesus. That's what John's trying to do. And so he says, I'm trying to tell y'all what Jesus is all about. He is much greater than I am. I'm just a dude in the wilderness dressed as a caveman eating bugs. This dude is God in the flesh. He has revealed God to us and his unfailing love for all. Talking about John the Baptist here. 
In Romans chapter 8, verses 35 through 39, Paul writes, Can anything ever separate us from, the, from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? You know, we have things that happen to us in life. And one of the first things that come out of our mouths is, Why is God doing this to me? Why is God allowing this to happen to me? Why is God allowing this to happen in my life? And just like we, we just start questioning God. And we, we kind of wonder where God is during all this. But listen to what Paul says here. Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? And the answer is no. It does not separate us. It does not mean that he loves us any less. Things are going to happen. Life happens. And that's why we're having this podcast to encourage people to keep grinding, to grind it. When that trouble comes, that life challenge comes, you keep your eyes on Jesus. Don't be discouraged. Be encouraged by what Jesus has done. And so Paul says in verse 36, As the scriptures say, for your sake we are killed every day, and we're being slaughtered like sheep. Because the, the, the apostles, the disciples, were losing their lives for the gospel's sake. But Paul says in verse 37, he says, No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. And I am convinced, Paul says, that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Let me read that again, verse 38 of Romans chapter 8. Paul says, I am convinced that nothing, what is nothing? Nothing. Nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life nor angels, nor demons, neither our fears for today, nor our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. Nothing can. So when those bad things that happen to us, they come along and we want to blame God, and we want to question God, it's the wrong way to look at it. We have to realize that God loves us. And things are going to happen in life. It's just the way it is. I mean, if God allowed his own son to be uh, tortured like he was and be put on a cross for public humiliation, what, what, makes, what makes us think we're, we're better than Jesus? We're not exempt from life's trials, tribulations, life's challenges. But God still loves us. Just because we go through things doesn't mean that God's punishing us or God doesn't love us any less. No, he loves us and nothing can separate us from his love. He says, no power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. John's main message in his letters is this. This dude, Jesus, that has revealed God to us, loves us so much, we can't even begin to understand it. We can't, in my opinion, we can't understand that kind of love. An unconditional love. Because, you know, I mean, let's just be honest here. I'm sure you're like me. That you've heard people tell you out of their own lips, out of their own mouth, I love you. And that same person who told you to your face, out of their own mouth, I love you, probably did something to hurt you. 
And when they did something to hurt you, it, it, it cut you to the bone. You probably got mad, angry, cried, upset, depressed, fill in the blank with whatever. That's not the kind of love that God has for us. When, and this is really hard for me to understand. But when God says, I love you, he means it. And he does not put any conditions on it. And people will think, well, I, I'm just too bad. I, I've done too many bad things in life. God can't love me. Wrong. I mean, look what he did with Paul when he was Saul. And he was a Pharisee. And he had people put in prison. He had people murdered. People who followed the way. People who followed Jesus. He persecuted the church. And yet, Jesus shows up when he was on that road to Damascus in that bright light, and it knocks Paul off his horse. And Paul says, Who are you, Lord? Jesus says, I'm Jesus, whom you're persecuting. So you think you're persecuting all these people, but you're persecuting me. You better stop. And here's the thing, Paul. I choose you, and you're going you're gonna to be on the good side now. And you're going to go out into the Gentiles, and you're going to preach and teach about me. And you're going to win souls to me. You're going to go and start churches for me. Because I love you. Even though you were a murderer. Even though you hated me. Even though you hated my people. I choose you. And so there is nothing that we could do that is so bad that God would reject us. If we, we come to Jesus. And we ask for forgiveness. He promises that he will forgive us. That's, that's the kind of love that God has for us. It, it's unconditional. It's agape love. It's true love. That's the kind of love that Jesus has. For even while we were uh, enemies, Christ died for us, Paul says. And so that's John's main message in his letters. This dude, Jesus, he's revealed God to us. And He's revealed God's love for us. And we just need to embrace it. And in verses 19 through 28 of John 1, it says that uh, John is questioned by the Pharisees and they want to know who, who uh, John the Baptist, they want to know who John, John the Baptist thinks he is because he's out there baptizing people. And they want to know what makes him think that he has the authority to be even baptizing people. And so in verses 29 through 34, John, John writes, John the, the apostle, not John the Baptist, but he's talking about John the Baptist. He says, the next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and he said, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He is the one I was talking about when I said, a man is coming after me who is far greater than I am, for he existed long before me. I did not recognize him as the Messiah, that I've been baptizing with water so that he might be revealed to Israel. And then John testified, I saw the Holy Spirit descending like a dove from heaven and resting on him. I didn't know he was the one, but when God sent me to baptize with water, he told me, God told me, the one on whom you see the Spirit descend and rest is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. And John the Baptist says, I saw this happen to Jesus. So I testify that he, Jesus, is the chosen one of God. 
Another argument for Jesus being God is what John revealed when he saw Jesus coming to get baptized. He says, A man is coming after me who is far greater than I am, for he existed long before me. The problem with John's statement is that John was, was born before Jesus. In fact, when Mary found out that she's going to be prego with baby Jesus, Elizabeth, John's mom, was already six months prego with John. Luke chapter 1, verse 36. So John was born first, but he said Jesus existed long before he ever did. So what did John mean? Well, we covered it when we discussed John 1, 1 through 5. Jesus has always been because he is God and was with God when everything was created in Genesis chapter 1. Jesus has been around for all eternity. Mind blown, right? John also reveals where his authority to baptize came from. He says, Then John testified, I saw the Holy Spirit descending like a dove from heaven and resting upon him. I didn't know he was the one, but when God sent me to baptize with water, he told me, The one on whom you see the Spirit descend and rest is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. He says, I saw this happen to Jesus, so I testify that he's the chosen one of God. So Jesus comes to be baptized by John. And John's message was a message of repentance, right? But Jesus never sinned, so why did he need to be baptized with John? Why, he, he didn't have anything to repent of. Nothing. But Jesus' baptism was to fulfill all righteousness. It, it basically kicked off his ministry and showed those who were around that he is the Messiah, the one that they've been looking for, the one that's been prophesied about for so long. God, I mean, think about this. God has been silent for over 400 years between the Old Testament and the New Testament. And then up pops Jesus claiming to be the one, the one that they've been looking for. And when John saw the Holy Spirit, he's out there baptizing, right? And Jesus comes to be baptized. And John says, whoa, I do. I need to be baptized by you, not, not this other way around. And Jesus says, go on and baptize me. This is, this is to be done. And when Jesus came up out of that water, the Holy Spirit in the form of a dove comes and it lands on Jesus, showing John and showing everybody else around, this is the dude. This is the one that God has chosen. He is the Messiah. He is God's son. And John says, I saw this happen to Jesus, so I testify that he is the chosen one of God. Let's take a break. Somebody else lost their board and even know who it was. The board, out it, out it, out it, blank, right on my shoulder. All right, we're going to wrap up John chapter 1 in these next few minutes. And in John chapter 1, verse 35 through 50, Jesus gets some followers. Now, if I asked you, what can you tell me about Peter? You could probably tell me all kinds of stories. But if I asked you, what can you tell me about Andrew? We'd probably hear crickets chirping, to be honest. But did you know that Andrew was Peter's brother and he is responsible for introducing him to Jesus? That's right. We know all kinds of stories about Peter, but not a whole lot about Andrew. But Andrew is the very one that was responsible for bringing Peter to Jesus, which is pretty cool. John chapter 1, verse 40 through 42 says, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of these men who heard what John said and then followed Jesus. So they were talk, talking to John the Baptist. He was one of John the Baptist's disciples, and John had been talking about Jesus, and it got the interest of some of his disciples, and so they decided to follow Jesus instead of John, right? 
In verse 41, it says, Andrew went to find his brother Simon, and he told him, We have found the Messiah, which means Christ. And then Andrew brought Simon to meet Jesus. Looking intently at Simon, Jesus said, Your name is Simon, son of John, but you will be called Cephas, which means Peter. You see, we want to win the world to Christ. We want to, you know, we, we think about all these great things that we can do for the gospel. And we think about going into these foreign fields and being a foreign missionary and going to these third world countries. But what we really need to do is go in our backyard. We need to be winning our family. Our mom, our dad, our uncles, our aunts, our children, grandparents. We need to start in our own backyard. I'm not sure why it is, but we tend to lock up and keep quiet when it comes to sharing Jesus, especially to our family members. We want to do all these great things for the kingdom and for Jesus, but when it comes to sharing Jesus with people we know, we just lock up. We get scared. We get nervous. We're full of fear. And so we don't say anything. But we all have dreams and high hopes, right? We want to do these great things for the kingdom of God. Well, hey, start in your backyard. Talk to your own family. That's what Andrew did. He went and got his brother. He said, hey, we found the Messiah. You need to come meet this dude named Jesus. And he did. And it changed his life. And I'm not sure why it is we, we tend to lock up and keep quiet when it comes to sharing Jesus. Because really, it's truly this simple. All we have to do is tell what we know. What we know about Jesus, our relationship with Jesus, what Jesus has done for us in our lives. That's, that's all we have to do. You don't have to have a Bible degree. You don't have to go to a seminary. You don't have to be a preacher. You don't have to be an elder in a church. You don't have to be some kind of church leader. All you have to do is know what Jesus has done for you. That he died on the cross for you. That he was buried for you. That he, he was resurrected for you. And he's given you hope. He has given you this ultimate example of what love is. And there's, I guarantee you, just in just a second, you could think of 10 different people who need hope, who need encouragement, who are discouraged, who are ready to give up. They don't want to grind no more. They're tired. They're weary. And they need Jesus. You could be that very vessel that would share Jesus with that person, with your family member, and it would change their life forever, just like when Andrew brought Peter to Jesus. Man, it changed Peter's life forever. And look what he's done for the kingdom. All we have to do is tell what we know. And that's what God done for us through Jesus. Andrew spent a day with Jesus, and he went and he found his brother, and he said, Dude, we have found the Messiah, and it changed Peter's life. Then at the end of John, we have Philip being chosen by Jesus. And you can read this passage for yourself. It won't take time to do so. And Philip goes and he finds a childhood friend, Nathaniel. And he says, dude, here we are. We found the one that the prophets wrote about. His name is Jesus. He's from Nazareth. Now, Nathaniel doesn't have anything to do with that. Because in Nathaniel's mind, nothing good comes from Nazareth. That's what he even says. Can anything good... Come from Nazareth. And Philip says something that we should tell others. 
when those people, when we share Jesus with others and they have that doubt, Philip tells Nathaniel, come and see for yourself. All we can do as being washed in the blood, spirit-filled believers is share what Jesus has done for us, his death, his burial, and resurrection. It's really that simple. Because we are seed planters. That's what we're told to do in 1 Corinthians, to plant seed, to be that farmer that go along and stroll the seed. And we're also told to be seed waterers. We plant seed in the garden, we water our garden, and God brings the fruit. God brings the increase, whatever we planted. And that's what we're called to do, plant and water. And let God worry about the results. That's not our problem. We present Jesus to the people, and God produces the fruit. Philip threw it out there for Nathaniel. He says, this is the one that the prophets wrote about. He's here. I've met him. I've talked with him. He chose me to be a disciple. He wants me to follow him. And, 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 and Nathaniel, he's, he's giving you the same opportunity. And if you don't believe me, then come, come and meet this guy for yourself. And that's what we should be telling people. Come and meet Jesus for yourself. Come and experience his love that he has for you yourself. Oh, don't, don't worry about getting cleaned up. He'll, he'll take care of that later on down the road. You just come and meet Jesus for yourself and see what you think. John chapter 1, verse 47 through 51. It says, As they approached, Jesus said, Now here is a genuine son of Israel, a man of complete integrity. Nathaniel says, How do you know me? And Jesus replied, I could see you under the fig tree before Philip found you. And Nathaniel exclaimed, It just blew his mind. He exclaimed, Rabbi, you are the Son of God, the King of Israel. And Jesus, Jesus asked him, Do you believe this just because I told you I'd seen you under the fig tree? Dude, that ain't nothing. You will see greater things than this. And then he said, I'll tell you the truth. You will all see heaven open and the angels of God going up and down on the Son of Man, the one who is the stairway between heaven and earth. Let me tell you something. You think you have to clean up before you come to God? Let me let me come to Jesus. Jesus knows everything about us. Nothing slides by Him. He knows the good and the bad. He knows what we're going to say before we ever say it. You see that all through the, the four Gospels. He's, he's talking to people, and He tells them what they're thinking. He knows how many hairs are on our head. You don't have to clean your life up to come to Jesus. He takes care of that when he washes us in his blood. All we have to do is accept the love that he has displayed for us on the cross and in his burial and his resurrection. What are you waiting for? Come and meet Jesus for yourself. And if you know Jesus... And you're, you've had a life experience, you've had challenges, you've had trials and tribulations, you're walking through the valleys, keep grinding. Don't quit. Jesus loves you. Why is this happening to you? I have no idea. But know this. God is with you. Stay with Him. Endure to the end. Keep grinding. Because victory is yours. He's our champion, and we follow him.
God bless you. Thank you for listening to the Grind It Podcast today. You can send any questions or comments to grinditpodcast at gmail.com. Please join us next time, and when a challenge comes your way, just grind it. Been grinding all my life, sacrifice, hustle, pay the price, want a slice, got to roll the dice, that's why, all my life, I've been grinding all my life, look, all my life, been grinding all my life.